0: Welcome, everybody, to the KCAST Podcast. I'm still Chris Eckenroth. Thank you so much for listening today. Today, we're focused in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 14, verses 21 to 31. This is simply coming out of my personal devotions from this morning, my personal study. And I hope and pray it's a blessing to you. I hope it's a bit of a supplement to what you've already done today. Today, we're going to be talking about stuff. You ever been focused on Stuff? I have. I remember back when I was, I think, about nine years old. Some of the most popular toys and cartoons of the time were G.I. Joe, He-Man, and of course, Transformers, because they were more than meets the eye. I loved the Transformers. I had numerous Transformers. I had gotten the leader of the Autobots. Optimus Prime, some of you know it all too well, that red tractor-trailer truck with the gray uh, trailer inside, like a little ATV, bluish-purple vehicle that came with that, and so that was awesome. I loved it. In fact, I still have it, and it survived all these years until just last week. My youngest, Levi, three-year-old, broke it. Well, at the time I had Optimus Prime, I needed his nemesis, the leader of the Decepticons, megatron megatron was a cool gray looking sinister sounding guy that would transform into a gun i thought this was the coolest thing and so i wanted to get megatron i didn't have enough money and so i began to save up i began to work do extra jobs extra chores and i was saving for weeks and months to get megatron megatron cost forty dollars I couldn't, can't remember if it was at KB Toy Store. Some of you remember old KB or Circus World there at the Berkshire Mall in Reading, Pennsylvania. Nevertheless, I saved. I worked. Man, when it came to stuff, that's the stuff I wanted. I wanted Megatron. Eventually, I was able to save up just enough money. And I remember after school, I think it was on a Tuesday night, after my mom was done with work. It was dark. And time of year when it was getting dark early, we went to the mall. I remember going to the shelf, pulling off Megatron in the package there, walking to the front of the store, placing on the counter and pulling out of my pocket, you know, that wad of all these dollar bills and just kind of putting them on the counter as the cashier kind of undid them and counted the money. I walked out of the store with a bag and in that bag, in the package, oh yes, Megatron. I remember we got into my mom's Ford LTD kind of a light gray green colored car with this tan interior i was sitting in the back it was dark i could not wait to get home to open this so i opened it in the back of the car took it out of the bag opened the package and there was megatron man i couldn't see it very well but this was amazing i could hold it like a gun but now i was gonna play with it i was gonna open it up and transform it into a robot well as I was doing that of course I had never done it before because I just got Megatron. Apparently I pulled a little too hard in the wrong direction and I broke it. I mean talk about horror, talk about your heart just dropping, lump in your throat. Ah I don't know why I didn't say anything to my mom, but I didn't. We got home, went straight to my room, turned on the light, and I saw it. He was broken. Man, talk about disappointment. I never took it back. I never got another one. He was broken the entire time I had him. And I'd been so focused on it, on the stuff. And then it didn't even work. Today we find ourselves in 1 Kings chapter 14, beginning at verse 21. I'll read it, but if you want to follow along. And Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah Rehoboam was 41 years old when he became king. He reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. His mother's name was Namah and Ammonitus. Notice his mother, who been married, was married to Solomon, she was not a Hebrew. She was not from Judah. She was not from Israel. She was from somewhere else. Verse 22, Now Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins which they committed, more than all that their fathers had done. For they also built for themselves high places, sacred pillars, and wooded images on every high hill and under every green tree. Verse 24, And there were also perverted persons in the land. They did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. It happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem, and he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took away... Everything. He also took away the gold shields which Solomon had made. Verse 27. Then King Rehoboam made bronze shields in their place and committed them to the hands of the captains of the guards who guarded the doorway of the king's house. And whenever the king entered the house of the Lord, the guards carried them, then brought them back into the guardroom. Verse 29. Now the rest of the acts of Rehoboam and all that he did. Are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all their days. Verse 31. So Rehoboam rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. His mother's name was Namah and Ammonitus. Then Abijam or Abaham, his son, reigned in his place. A couple of observations. As we go through the scriptures here. So, verse 21, it just says this, and we just read it. The Lord had chosen Jerusalem as a special place to put his name there. Rehoboam's mother's name was Namah and Ammonitus. Okay. Verse 22, another place of highlight. Judah did evil and provoked him, the Lord, with their sins more than all their fathers had done. Verse 23 High places, places of worship, pillars, sacred pillars, and wooden images on every high hill and under every green tree. Verse 25, the king of Egypt came against Jerusalem. Verse 26, and took away everything. So, here's the takeaways that I have written down for me today. Here's the first one. We notice that Solomon married this Ammonitus woman. She's from another place. She had different beliefs. And of course, the Lord had told Israel and Solomon was well aware of this. Do not marry outside of your faith. Do not be unequally yoked. So, my first takeaway is do not be unequally yoked. So, if you are single, if you are dating, in other words, if you're unmarried, here's a biblical principle. Don't date somebody. Don't put yourself in a position to marry somebody outside your faith. Oftentimes, and I've had the opportunity to counsel lots and lots of people, young and not so young, but they find somebody they like, a really neat person, somebody who's super cool, and then they have this idea saying, but I will convert them. It's a pretty noble thought. I mean, obviously, that's a good thing. Keep in mind, keep this in mind. Solomon had the same idea. Solomon, wisest human being that's ever lived, much wiser than you, much wiser than me. This guy had experiences with the Lord in these dreams, I mean, almost face-to-face, these, these moments that he could point back to, uh, not discounting your experience or my experience with the Lord, but he had some very real, life-changing moments with the Lord, and he had the idea that he was going to convert the foreign wives that he had. And we're told, actually, in this book, uh, Prophets and Kings, that some of them weren't converted for a time. But eventually, they converted him. Do not be unequally yoked. Second little takeaway for me is this. and The first one, obviously, I'm already married, so hopefully that's helpful to somebody else. But the second takeaway is this. Be careful who you allow to influence you. We would do well. I would do well to stop and just reflect on what is influencing me. What am I watching? What am I listening to? Am I watching the news and just allowing that to influence me on Facebook? What kind of music am I listening to? Who am I hanging around with and allowing to influence me? So be careful and cognizant of what you are allowing to influence you. Third takeaway is this. Judah lost some stuff. The king of Egypt came and took away stuff. What's amazing to me is that there doesn't seem to be much or any loss of life. Why? I think what we find here is this thing called grace. You see, the Lord loves Rehoboam. He loves the people of Judah. They are sinning against him in an unprecedented way. They are going the opposite direction of him. But what is he doing? He's doing what he always does. He's trying to accomplish his mission. I love the Lord because he's so focused on his mission. What is it? To save the lost. And so in the middle of all of this, we find grace. In what form does it come? it comes in the form of the king of Egypt. What's amazing is is that the king of Egypt comes and it seems according to the biblical record that there's very little or no loss of life. All that is lost is stuff. A lot of the different furniture pieces, the shields, all the material things are taken. They lose some stuff. Why did the Lord allow this to happen? It would seem that he's allowing this to happen as a spiritual wake-up call. So could it be that I need to stop and reflect and start asking some questions when I lose stuff? That's my takeaway. When I lose stuff, I need to stop. I need to reflect and ask at least these questions. First, what is most important? It is so easy for me to say, oh, man, but I broke the transformer. I lost all that money. It doesn't work now. I don't have this. I lost that relationship. My best friend moved away. Whatever it is, I've lost some stuff. Could it be that the Lord is allowing this to happen as a spiritual wake-up call in my life that I might pause, reflect, and again realize, recognize, refocus, recalibrate on what is most important? Second question that I need to ask myself is this. Am I fully surrendered? Is my life working towards on the trajectory of getting more stuff, serving stuff, focusing on stuff, or is it focused on a surrendered relationship with Jesus fully? Third question is this. Have I been focusing on obedience and following the Lord? These are the questions that come to mind as I read this when I lose some stuff. Jesus said this. He says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your spirit, with every fiber of your being. We are to love the Lord your God. Out of that flows this other thing, that we would love our neighbors as ourselves. It's so easy to be focused on stuff, as opposed to the relationship with the Lord of all lords and the King of all kings. Jesus is better than stuff, wouldn't you agree? But it's easy to lose our focus. Maybe, just maybe, he allows me to lose some stuff from time to time. As a spiritual wake-up call, my prayer for myself, I'm praying for you as well, that we would stop. That we would not waste the opportunity to reflect and ask some questions that might recalibrate, refocus our lives on being fully obedient and fully surrendered to Jesus as opposed to stuff. Choo-choo-choo-choo. I'm Chris Eckenroth. This is the KCAST podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.